Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Astrologer Bill Atride Radio Show. I'm Bill Atride, and uh, today's show, it's the first show of 2019, and uh, I, I gave it a title of A Look Back and A Look Ahead, uh, because it's sort of good at the at any time, of course, but it's good, especially at the beginning of a year or at the end of a year, to look back and see what we've come through and the lessons learned and experiences we've encountered, and then to cast our, our eyes forward and think about and imagine what might be coming down the pike here for us in terms of opportunities and challenges we will face. And of course, looking at that all through the window of astrology, which is uh, my, my, my great joy and love to uh, study and to practice. Uh, for many, many years. Um, and so, so uh, I hope to do more shows uh, in 2019 and 18, and uh, perhaps rolling them out every three weeks as opposed to every four weeks or something like that, and trying to stay on topic with various uh, both astrological conditions and circumstances we're encountering. Um, but of course, you can always reach me if you have a question or want to suggest a topic, or if you want to get a reading with me uh, and, and, and look at your own chart more in a more in-depth way. Uh, by just contacting me, you can certainly just email me at Bill Atride, that's B-I-L-L-A-T-T-R-I-D-E at gmail.com, <clears throat> and I'll, I'll reply, and, and, and we can uh, consider what, is your, what your questions are or what your concerns are and address those. But certainly in today's show, after I talk about a little bit about what happened and what's coming up here, uh, for the two, for the new year, uh, I will take your calls. I see several of you already here holding on, and I will go to you hopefully in order, and take your call. Um, and and again, if you have a question about the topic today, that's great. If you have a question about your own chart or someone else's chart, uh, just be ready to give me their information, your information in terms of date and place of birth at the very least. And if you have it, which is always great, a time of birth so I can be even more um, more clear and exact about what, whatever we're talking about in regard to that chart. So as I said, what I, I thought I want to do today is just sort of take a consideration. I've been already been writing about this on my blog, and I'll be releasing several more. I already wrote the, the part of what I call whence, when did we, where did we come from, and now I'm writing where are we, going, where are we now, and then where are we going um, and then I'll take a look again, as I've done every year for the most part, and look at the chart of the USA and then the chart of our president to see what that might indicate in terms of current conditions and what we might expect. Um, so as we look back to what happened here in 2018 uh, and what were the challenges and opportunities that we were faced with, we, we always like to look at these things in a very broad way and then bring it down to more narrow or more focused considerations. And we do that with astrology by realizing that the, 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 the big fundamental waves of energy that are transforming ourselves and all the worlds in the solar system are the three outermost planets as we look at them and their relationship to one another, both them moving through signs and moving through relationships to one another. They set the fundamental tone. That would be Pluto, the outermost planet, and then Neptune, and then Uranus. And we look at their arrangements with one another as they, as they do this dance of moving from conjunction to waxing square to full uh, opposition to one another, back to waning square and back again. And there's various cycles with that. The, the Neptune-Pluto cycle is almost 500 years in length. Uh, the Uranus-Neptune one, the one we've been looking at here more recently, ha- ha- has just started in the early, late, uh, 90, early 90s and reached a critical point here in 2017, 18, 19. Uh, that's the Uranus-Neptune alignment. Um, and then the Uranus-Pluto alignment. And, and these three are said to be sort of the long wave or evolutionary energies working in the universe. And I talk about Neptune and Pluto as being the, the contrast and integration of unconditional love and our sense of sacred space or questions about love versus will. And then the Uranus-Neptune one, the one we have been looking at for some time yet last year and still this year, it's still in effect. And of course, these things are always present just to become more focused when they're exact in their alignments um, is the question of how we balance and integrate individuality and community or what I call freer minds and unconditional love and how that plays out over the course of 170 years. Um, and then Uranus and Pluto uh, that is, again, the question of freedom and versus sacred space, or again, freer minds and how we construct or create and maintain will and our sacred space. Um, 
And then we, then we move into the, the middle range, we call it, and these are all to do with Saturn, again, lining up with these three same outer planets. So it's Saturn to Uranus, Saturn to Neptune, Saturn to Pluto, um, show more how the world is dealing with these transformational planets and in terms of how that affects structures and institutions and things of that nature that we're grappling with in, those, in that sort of quicker range of alignments. And those are Saturn to Uranus happens every 45 years, a complete cycle. Uh, Saturn to Neptune's every 36 years. And then Saturn to Pluto is a 33-year-long cycle from conjunction to conjunction. And then we come to the, the Jupiterian alignments, which, of course, is Jupiter to these four planets, to Saturn and then to Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. And, and they are more sort of shortwave growth pulses because Jupiter deals with growth and expansion and things of that nature. And are they being well-supported or constrained by whatever it's lining up with? And in this regard, just to sort of take a leap ahead here um, and consider what's coming down the road, um, we, we have Jupiter now moving through, through Sagittarius, will enter Capricorn later this year, and it will reach Aquarius at the, in 2020. Saturn now moving through Capricorn is going to be moving into Aquarius really in 2020, but not to stay until the end of 2020. And then they will form their great and grand, what's called a grand conjunction, um, which in this case is a rather powerful conjunction in the sense that um, for about 180 to 200 years, Jupiter and Saturn will align in the very same element, whether it be fire, earth, air, or water, and sort of denote, as astrologers have seen, these sort of ages that we go through, ages of water, ages of fire, ages of earth, and ages of air. Um, and I call the ages of water, and the last one we went through was 1400s to the 1600s, an age of faith. And the age of fire, which was the 1600s to the 1800s, the age of explorations. Uh, and then we go to the age of earth, which is the one we've been in since the 1840s and will end here in 2020. That I call an age of manifestation or materiality. And then we're moving into an age of air, uh, which is an age of idealization that will run from 2020 to 2219. Uh, and the last time that happened um, was back in the 1200s to 1400s. And that was said to be like the little renaissance. It was the beginning of the rediscovery of many things and that really led to what was become our age of enlightenment and scientific, scientific revolution and all other things that sort of sparked the modern world came out of that air age. So there is all the reason to believe that as we move into the 2020s and 30s and 40s, that there's going to be this increasing uh, determination of what is happening on this planet in terms of ideas, idealization, new forms of thinking and understanding that will percolate through the system and will move away from material concerns to more cerebral and idealistic concerns. That is, that is the hope. That is the belief. Um, but let's get back to what is currently, uh, what just, just happened here last year and what's coming and what we're going to be dealing with this year. Um, as I've been saying now, really since 2006 or seven, probably looking ahead to it, what we are fundamentally dealing with here in this period that we are in from 2008 to 2024 is the passage of Pluto moving through Capricorn. Uh, and this is the fundamental heartbeat of what is driving our story at this time. And this once every 250 year period moment, which lasts, as you can see, for about 16 years, given uh, Pluto's rather irregular orbital cycle, um, was, was, has always been sort of noted by me looking at this historically as what I would call an end of an age, and that the previous period in the early 1500s marked what I like to, in a shorthand way, say was the fall, and looking at Europe per se, in other cultures it also applies, the fall of feudalism and the rise of monarchies from one economic, political, cultural order, and type of human leading to another, and the birth of a new monarchical system of organizing culture and economy. Um, then we flash forward to the one most recently in the mid to late 1700s. And of course, that was the fall of the monarchies, the American and French revolutions, the rise of parliamentary democracy began to take hold then. And it's been the operating model evermore spreading itself in the world from the 1700s till the present day. 
Um, but of course, what we are witnessing in the world now is the end of that age and that, that culture and economy and political structure and kind of human that was evolving and developing from the 1760s and 70s onwards is now coming undone. And so it's always very confusing if you read about people in the 1500s at that time or 1700s, they thought their world was ending. They thought, oh, my God, everything is falling apart. And they were right because a new world was coming <laughs> and because that's how this works. As an old order is falling apart, it's because a new order is emerging from within that and coming to take it over. So the world doesn't end, but the world passes from one age to another. And so we will find that, though, what it means to be human, though that is changing and evolving also, it remains much the same in terms of our needs for our basic needs of, for food and shelter and clothing and f friendship and family and, and all that. Uh, how we address those needs, how we meet and, and, and structure that kind of life in terms of a culture, in terms of an economy, in terms of cultural and political institutions, that's all going through changes now. And that's why in whatever industry one is in, one sees it being broken apart and reformed and things aren't what they were, whether you're looking at publishing industry or the music industry or any industry, people say, what the hell's going on? And it's just if you look at history, you might take some comfort in realizing, oh, we've done this before and, and we got through it. <laughs> so we will get through it. But there is going to be severe disruptions as we do so, as we've already witnessed and experienced. Um, so, so right now we are, we are faced with this and we've got several more years to go. And then people might say, well, gee, Bill, does that mean when we get Pluto gets into Aquarius in 2024 and beyond, is it all fine then? I say, well, no, that's when we have to really create the new world. It's a lot of, a lot more work is entailed than that uh, and a lot more struggle. So it's not as if things get easier then, but hopefully we're more, rather than trying to hold on or preserve what was, we are marching more steadily into and creating this very new world that we need uh, to, to, to make our way in this new and emerging kind of economy and culture and, and environment that we're creating by our own actions, whether conscious or unconscious. So that, that energy that has been there since 2008 continues uh, guiding and, and sort of being the fundamental base tone uh, all the way till 2024, Pluto and Capricorn. But meanwhile, what we had in 2017 and 18 and finishing up here in 19 has been this alignment of, yes, Uranus and Neptune to one another. And they are the principle of how we balance and integrate in any culture, in any time, the need for individuality and the need for community or communality. Um, and so we, we've, we've been in a new model, whether we knew it or not, since 1993. That's when Uranus and Neptune came together in their conjunction, much like they did in the 1820s and 30s at the fall of Napoleon and the rise of a new kind of culture, a new kind of way of dealing with freedom versus community uh, that took place in many respects in many domains, but certainly was very strongly articulated in the struggle between uh, what we call freedom and democracy and the capitalist approach to the world versus the more communal socialist communist models were, were having at it for much of that time. And it was literally when they came together again, Uranus and Neptune in the, in the late eight, 1980s, early 90s, that, that that kind of dynamic, that kind of polarization fell apart and we're in this new kind of world. And so I call Uranus the planet that rules individuality. I, I, that's why I call it the awakener. And it's the avatar or receptacle for what we call the freer mind, which is one of the three parts of the triad of spirit. And Neptune rules sort of its counterpoint that equally as much as you need to be an individual, you need to belong. You are a social being and have to establish meaningful and right communities. Uh, in order to be human, we're all made of one another, we all relate to one another, and find our, our meanings and measures through these interactions with one another. All, I like to say there's, it's an illusion to think a human is human by itself. Every person we've interacted with, from parents to siblings to, to friends to, to colleagues to our loved ones, their voices and experiences and loves and passions are part of ours, and we are part of them. So it's an illusion, this sense of separation. We're all tied together, and yet we all want to be an individual too. And so we try to balance this out in terms of degrees of individuality and freedom, 
and degrees of communality or self-sacrifice for the greater good. And finding the balance is tricky sometimes. Uh, and of course, when we're going through a critical phase in the unfoldment of a new wave of this dynamic, which we are at here in 1718 and 19, we see a lot of upheavals as people are pulling one way and another because the old way of balancing individuality and communality has broken down. And so there's a crisis that we're dealing with here in 17, 18, 19, and it was probably building it in 16 and before, but really reached this crescendo now. Um, and so we're trying to find a way of balancing these things out. And it's understandable that we haven't found the way because here's where we face the realization that how do we do this? How, how is this done? And I always like to remind us in whatever the spiritual dynamical question may be, whatever the critical question is, we should always come back to fundamentals. We should always return to those teachings and truths and wisdom that has stood the test of time. And whether you look to the East or the West, whether you look far back or more recent teachers and speakers to universal values and understandings, there are things that can hold us to our center, keep us centered in our truth and our spiritual self. And these are the things we must hold to if we're going to find our way. And so look to those teachers, look to those resounding principles and beliefs that have always been there as a light and beacon in a time of darkness, and you will find your way. Um, and so I, 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 I'm so grateful and glad that all these teachers have come and keep coming because humans forget. And so we need a restatement. Every generation needs other teachers coming forth to restate again what is essentially the truth to remind us because we get caught up in our, uh, our, our different ways and, and perhaps misunderstandings about this. And we need to be reminded of the basic truths that have always guided us from time immemorial. Well, when we consider then casting our eye forward now to what's coming here in 2019, um, we might think in looking at the calendar when I look at all the planets lining up, and there's different ways of doing this. One is looking at the general aspects, planets moving through the signs and aligning up with each other out there in the solar system. But we also look at, and we'll look at, I'll look at later in the blog and perhaps in the radio show, uh, talk about alignments to particular charts, like to the chart of the USA or to the chart of Donald Trump or any other world leader. It's important to look at those factors, too. But in looking at the general astrological calendar, 2019 might appear to be a little less eventful than previous years. Um, but what are they? So, well, like, like in many years, we're going to have uh, we usually typically have and will have this year three times when Mercury will go retrograde. That's going to be from March 5th to March 28th, and again from July 7th to July 31, and again finally from October 31 to November 20th. Those are the three times when you really got to pay attention and do a lot more consideration about what you're thinking and how you're speaking and how you're listening to others. Otherwise, misunderstandings will mount up. And then in terms of major alignments of the sun and moon with each other, what we call the eclipses, well, there's one happening today. Today is the day of the first of the solar eclipses in the year, and there's going to be, interestingly, three of them this year, one on January the 5th, one on July the 2nd, and one on December 26th. So those will be taking place in the sign of Capricorn today, in the sign of Cancer in July, and again back in Capricorn uh, in December. And then there are two lunar, lunar eclipses this year. Uh, one is on January 21st, and one is on July 16th. And, of course, month after month, we can follow the sign, planets moving through the signs, the new moons and full moons, can very much give you indications as to what is this period about? What is this month starting with? What is it coming to in terms of looking at new moons and full moons? It's sort of an interesting practice. And just knowing where the moon is day to day can help you understand sort of the mood of the moment, because the moon rules feelings and the mood of the public. And by being attuned to that, you can understand what are the sort of the, the concepts and buzzwords at any one time, day to day and week to week. But again, stepping back and looking at these bigger factors, uh, which are the ones we want to consider in something like this today, um, the big one, of course, uh, that we're watching very carefully is the fact that, again, Pluto keeps going through Capricorn. We, can, we talked about that. But Uranus, um, the awakener, has been making all this last year its transition from one sign to another, 
from the sign of Aries into the sign of into the sign of Taurus. Um, but of course, it in many cases these planets move into something, then retrograde out of it. So that's what's happened for Uranus here. It, it came in in March the sixth, um, um, uh, and then it, then it moved. Um, I'm sorry, it came back and forth, and will finally move into uh, Taurus to stay now on 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 March the sixth. Uh, because it had retrograded uh, during 2018 back into Aries on May 15th, uh, but then came and 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 um, and retrograded back into the sign of Aries. I'm sorry, turned retrograde on the 15th. I'm sorry, I'm getting this all wrong. <laughs> Let me repeat myself. It moved into Taurus on May 15th of 2018, but retrograded back into Aries November 2018, and it's here in March 6, 2019 that it finally takes up residence in Taurus. Okay, <laughs> got to get my, my date straight here. Um, but what's striking about this is as Uranus goes through a sign, it elicits changes in what that sign rules. Now, Uranus being the awakener, it stirs things up, it shakes things up. And here it's moving to the sign most, quali- most connected to questions of value, of values of our own self-worth and of the things in our world and the meaningfulness in terms of aesthetics and beauty and culture, that's what Taurus deals with, the, the question of value itself. And so when we find Uranus going through Taurus and the previous periods that it did so was 1935 to 42, and before that was 1851 to 59, and prior to that it was 1768 to 75, when you think about those dates, you go, wait a minute, if we look at just at U.S. history again, um, that that period in the 30s was the lead up, lead up to what I would call the war of democracies versus fascism or World War II, that increasingly conflicts were breaking out in differing value systems and between cultures. And so those differences over value within a country and between countries and within communities in a country broke the bonds of meaningfulness that hold us together. And without that strong consensus holding us together, we're flying apart. The center cannot hold. And so that occurred in the 30s and led to various answers to how to solve that problem, either to save capitalism as as FDR did, or to move down a more fascistic path that that Hitler and, and Mussolini and others took in Japan. Uh, was the issue of that period. 1950s, well, that was the lead up to the defining conflict that made the USA what it is today, our civil war. And so we were going through these great clashes and questions about the meaning of value and what is, what is true value and property. Uh, and and, and broke, broke, that broke through in terms of a great conflict in the 1860s. And the final period before was the 1760s, the early 17, mid-1770s. Well, of course, we all know that was the lead-up to our war with England and breaking free in our Revolutionary War. And so given that the three previous periods of Uranus and Taurus, um, leading to World War II, leading to the Civil War, leading to the Revolutionary War, it's not a guarantee or a certainty that that means what's heading our way as Uranus leaves this, plant, this sign and moves into the, the next sign of Gemini, that we're going to again experience uh, a, a great conflict in the world. Hopefully, and wisdom will prevail and wiser thoughts and feelings will, will flow into humanity and will not tr- step down that path. But that is certainly, given what has happened historically, something that should give us pause and that we're looking at that then occurring by let's say building in the 2020s and certainly by the mid 2020s being quite self-evident um i am hopeful that we'll avoid that and understand that certainly that in our own period we are building to this kind of crisis it seems and the conflict over values once again is quite pronounced um and so what we need to understand is that what uranus here is here for is to serve the cause of individuality and of our freedom. And it only fractures and clashes and elicits change in order to steer our human story towards the light of this truth. That truth being that until we are able to create a world where all are free to be and become, then none of us will ever be truly free. And so though it may give us these painful experiences and shocks, it can be seen as necessary to the furtherance of greater and freer minds and lives. 
Well, then also what is occurring here, of course, is Saturn, our, our teacher and testers, marching through Capricorn, and, and, it, and it began doing so at the end of 2017. So it's been there throughout 18, continues through 19, and begins to transition into Aquarius in 2020, not getting in there to stay until December 2020, and that's when Jupiter catches up with it, and we have the great conjunction that we're all looking forward to. Well, in terms of Saturn now moving through Capricorn, that seems to be eliciting even more this transformation and change that's taking place in the world of our hierarchies. And so whether we consider the most fundamental institution or structure of the family on up to the more encompassing communities that are formed by geography or interests or beliefs of corporate structures or state or national political institutions of corporations, through all these hierarchies, we have incorporated our values and form the enduring legacies of our way, our ways of meeting one another's needs. This hierarchy of institutions form and serve us to fulfill the realized or crystallized relationships that each of us has formed with one another. It creates for us, and we create from it, our titles and roles, and we undertake our responsibilities that we claim, by which we claim our rights within the social order that we have made. But it's precisely that kind of order that is being broken down and transformed by Pluto right now. And so Pluto now joined by Saturn, we see this challenge to our institutional, institutional ordering facing extreme stresses and strains. Each of us, with Saturn moving through, the Cap, through Capricorn now, needs to be asking this question, what is my purpose here? What is the responsible way to act in a world that is turned upside down? And what is the proper role to assume as we face this end of an age? Um, of course, I maintain, as, as always, that in these moments, we return to those everlasting values to guide our footsteps, to hold us true. And understand that in any time like this, there are those who are called to preserve, and they will seek to maintain what is good and true, to hold fast and maintain whatever they can in institutional life and structures that have stood the test of not time and still has value and meaning. And there are many who are also who are looking ahead and they are building the new model of meeting needs and fulfilling responsibilities that will be coming to us in this new age that is dawning. And there are also those whose role is to be the very breakers and destroyers of the old idols and icons of the old age. And though often they are seen as purely negative and without a sense of responsibility or perhaps even honor, they also serve to bring about the new age. And I, I made this note last year in my forecast of this January 2018. And just to remind ourselves that it is also true for the USA that when Saturn goes through Capricorn every 29 years or so, we go through a rather challenging time. And that's probably because or certainly because well, the USA is a cancer, and it has its Venus and Jupiter and cancer, the two benefics. And so what happened this whole last year into this year is Saturn lined up with our Venus and Jupiter and also now with our sun. And as it does so in the previous passages in 1988 to 91 and 1959 to 62 and 1929 to 32, the USA each time experienced very severe economic and business challenges. Uh, and those challenges led to cultural upheavals and political upsets. And so though we started 2018 with all these rosy forecasts and the loss of I was a limit and we've got a booming economy, and it's nice to have that, I had a feeling, I had a knowing that this was not going to last and we were going to hit some really strong headwinds and difficulties by, at some point in 2018. Well, now as we begin 2019 and look back at these last many months, we all can see, yes, it's going to be difficult. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to continue to be difficult as it's been, hopefully, with people taking thoughtful and wise measures to prevent further upsets, perhaps we can steer ourselves to a more minor downturn and not a severe downturn like we experienced in 1929 to 32. But certainly, we are experiencing a time of great challenges for many, if not most, uh, and the rosy pictures that people have been painting for some time have been clouded over with, uh, with some rather challenging uh, themes of troubles ahead. So hopefully we can steer clear of that. Um, so I think that's more than enough to talking about what's coming, and I've taken up half of our time 
with this look back and this look ahead. So I want to make sure I have some time to speak to all of you that are waiting there for me. And so let me turn to the phones here and to uh, the person who's been holding on the longest. And I apologize again, but, uh, but I will get to you. And so here, here's the first caller for today. Hello. Hello, hey, Bill, this is Jill. Hey, Bill. Welcome to the new year. Hi there. Happy new year. <laughs> there's a lot of, I got to listen to your show again because there's lots of information there, I tell you. <laughs> I, I know. I, I, I get excited and I start talking and talking and talking and I have to sort of remind myself to pull back a little bit. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm, in, I'm enthusiastic. I have that going for me. Um, now, Jay, are you the person from Medicine Hat? Is that... Do I have you correctly yes. there? Yes. Okay, great. Um, and do you, are you calling about yourself today or about some other person or, or other question? No, just myself. Okay, sure. What's your question? Oh, you know, for 20, you know, 2018 was kind of tragic for myself. You know, I had some number of losses. And uh, oh. it, was, it was a wake-up period, not a wake-up period, but more of an enlightening period of time in my life. And so just looking forward to uh, 2019 and what it has to hold, not for the whole year, maybe just the first three months then. Okay. What's going on well, with that? Well, again, um, yeah, I mean, you you know in, that you're an Aries and you've got your moon in yeah. Virgo there and and right now um, and Sagittarius rising. And the, the good news for you, given Sagittarius rising, is that the planet Jupiter in late 2018 moved from your 12th house into your first house. And that means this is a year that begins a cycle of growth in your life, typically. Um, and, but that meant that last year, 17, was a year of endings, of closing of accounts and tying up of loose ends and dealing with the past. And often it's a, it is a kind of a emptying out or, or kind of losses are faced in a time like that. So that probably fits um, in terms of it being a time of challenges in that regard. But the good news would be that this is a time where there is energy supportive towards you in terms of making new starts, making new proposals, starting a new venture activity, starting a new phase of whatever we're talking about, would tend to take hold and build from this point onwards more than not. Um, so that alone just says to me, well, it's a far different year, 19 to 18 for you. Um, Seeing the results of that, seeing more physical, material feedback and return on that investment of energy and new beginnings probably comes about more in 2020 when Jupiter gets to your second house. Um, and so it's, it, this is more like getting it going, starting the plans, moving things into motion, and then the results come in as the year ends and the new year begins um, is what I would be sort of most pointing out in your chart right now in terms of what you might expect to be coming uh, for you. Um, this is a year where also where Saturn now moves into the next, and of course it was going over your sun all last year, which also is a challenging experience in terms of vitality and tests in terms of one's character. Now it moves along and begins to move to that second half of the second third of Capricorn and you've got your Mercury there right in the middle of Aries. And so that means the coming year will be an opportunity, but a challenge to reshape and refocus one's mind. And so you will be trying to think through things and try to convey your thoughts and understand what's going on around you. And the thing is not to get defensive or negative, but to keep your mind light and free and let other people who may challenge or disagree with you Look at that and experience that as, as rounding out and fleshing out and making stronger your own point of view. Don't take it as something that means that they're right and I'm wrong or vice versa, but probably we're both a little wrong and a little right together. <laughs> we need to keep talking. Um, so um, it's going to be a very interesting year for you in terms of intellect and communications, I would think, as well. Um, and And because your moon did reach back to its beginning point, your progress moon, that is, about four months ago, um, but now we'll continue to moving through Virgo for the next couple of years. Uh, whenever the moon is in a certain sign, the theme of that sign is what we are most significantly having to address and work through. And of course, Virgo is the sign of orderliness, 
of achieving peace, and of course, if, which comes from peace of mind. And it says this is a time where I need to look at my life as a whole and see what elements are, are integrating and functioning with one another so it's balanced and proportional, and where are things out of sorts or not adding up and causing friction or problems that is causing pain or suffering in my life or my world that I need to address. So whenever the moon's in Virgo, um, or going to the sixth house, one could argue, it is certainly a time of healing. Um, and so this is a time of healing and adjustment and retooling and, 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 re, uh, and, and attunement in your life. Um, it really, because your moon is in that ninth house also, uh, it continues to be a time where you would want to keep exploring uh, in, in terms of religion, philosophy, science, other cultures, looking for those meanings that you need to guide you in that regard to how I order my life would, would go hand-in-hand hand with that as well, okay? Okay, awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. Um, yeah, you're very welcome. So, I, 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 I mean, it's like night and day. When Jupiter is in the 12th house, it's sort of like the wind's in your face and you just can't seem to, you know, you just got to go back and finish up stuff and close up and close down accounts and finish things up. You just can't go forward yet. And by this late fall, it would have been like the wind shifted and now it's at your back. And it's propelling you forward. Not that everything is great and grand. We all are in the real world uh, with its real difficulties that we're encountering here. Uh, but at least spiritually and in terms of your own chart, this is a time of new beginnings and new energies flowing into your life. Mm, okay. Awesome. Okay. Okay, great. Yes. Thank you much for your time. Thanks, Bill. You're very welcome. You're very welcome, Jay. And have a happy new year. Okay? Happy new year. Thank you. Okay, great. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Hello. Hello, this is Bill. Who's this? Hey, Bill. This is Diana, and I wanted to also say hello to Jay and wish you both a happy new year, whoever else is on the okay. line afterwards, too. <laughs> okay, uh, wonderful. Happy new well, year to you. He, here is the time that you predicted for me, I don't know, four or five months ago. The uh-huh. The time for finding a home. Yeah, and uh, you told me it was right about the time when Uranus uh, goes forward, which is tomorrow, which is also three kingsmen or the wise astrologers. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the epiphany, exactly. And and again, exactly. all these things are, yeah, they're all tied to cycles that have their origination in astronomical cycles. I mean, people wonder why we. They have certain dates that certain things are celebrated, the feast days, the high holy days, while we range our calendar in such a fashion, like the solstice. That's one of the most primaries, that at the solstice, which means sun stands still, the sun sets at a certain point on the horizon and keeps setting there for three to four days. So from the 21st or 22nd, it just it sits there landing at that same point, and it's on the 24th, more likely the 25th of December, that the sun starts returning, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. So we celebrate the return of the sun. Um, and, and, and the reason why the epiphany is that date, it's an, also a metaphysical, spiritual teaching that in terms of initiations, of people taking initiation to a higher level of spiritual integration, the most powerful ones occur at the equinoxes and the solstices. So at the, at the beginning of spring, the beginning of uh, fall, uh, beginning of summer, and beginning of winter here. Um, and it said that, especially the, the Capricorn, solst- the solstice of Capricorn, um, is said to be a, this very spiritual moment of alignment. And it takes, it takes those 14, 15 days of a new moon at, a, at, at that point. A new moon on the solstice, or any of these moments, is a higher initiation and then it takes to the full moon, which would be now, uh, in, if it was a new moon at the solstice, that would happen on the Feast of the Epiphany, hence a revelation. So all these things are tied to wow. these understandings about cycles of solar and lunar and other planetary cycles that have governed our life that we've forgotten about because we live with artificial lighting and don't see these things as often mm-hmm. as we might have. But, but they're still right. working. They're still up there teaching us and reminding us about these great stories of spirit 
that we're all here to witness to and to incorporate into our lives. Um, so, so getting back to you, I know I was wandering off there as okay. I tend to do sometimes. No, no, no. Um, no, no, no it's, it's fine. So, so, so what is, what is uh, the news for you? Well, uh, as of two days ago, I'm homeless. I got my okay. stuff in a storage place. And okay. um, the woman who hit me in 2008, she did it on mm. June 21st. You're talking about the solstice. So oh, now gosh. the eclipse is coming. <laughs> the eclipse is coming, you know, tonight or tomorrow. Well, it's, so it's actually, yeah, it's, 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 hap- it's happening. It, yeah, it's happening today. Um, and it depends on where you are in the world, what time it actually happens, because that's the thing. People say, when's it going to happen? I go, well, where are you? <laughs> because uh, it's all about time zones. So the, the, for us here in the eastern part of the U.S., uh, the eclipse is actually occurring on January the 5th, this today, at around 8.28 right p.m. Yeah, right. Well, 8.28 in, in a few more hours. Yeah, and it go, we're wow. not going to see it because it's, it's arching, I think, from because obviously the sun is set here. It, it's going to be visible from China into Alaska, something like that. It's not a total eclipse. It's a partial eclipse, uh, which is fine. Um, but, but certainly um, eclipses sort of link together one to another in terms of alignments and resonate with those, those zones that they occur in. So you were saying you were hit by someone. I don't remember this. Hit by someone on a June um, 21st. In 2008, 2008 said, right? Yeah, and then I, mm-hmm. yeah, and then accused of having been the aggressor. So I'd like this, oh, this eclipse to be, yeah, it really, it's been very difficult. But I'd like this eclipse to be the finishing, you know, of that that terrible cycle. Hope to find the yeah. home. And by the way, my life path is six. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. So so. The, the thing that I was looking at that would be the most favorable indicator for you during this coming year, just like with Jay now having Jupiter in his first house, you've got Jupiter in an angle too, but it, for you it's at the bottom of your chart, what's known as the fourth house, which typically would mean that this is the year where there is to be experienced in your life, growth and expansion in regards to conditions surrounding home and family. It's more not just the home as a physical space, but family conditions and family connections. So that would certainly say that's not just about where you live. It's about the home you carry within yourself and the home you have with all the people you're related to, whether by birth or blood or by choice that you have a, a, a family that's not given to you by genetics or biology, but also by people you love and they love you, that's what you yeah. would be focusing upon in a year like this. So, so in, in being without a home, where are you, where are you living then? What, what is your home situation then? Well, yesterday it was outside my storage unit all day and then inside when I took out a second storage. Tonight and last night, last night I stayed at the home of a friend and I'm going to do that tonight too. You know, there's as if it were like a reasonable, you know, exchange of service. And yes, yeah. with a blessing that I know the love. Right. Well, again, you, you, you also have to remember in your chart um, that you have the sign of home, of family, and of security, which is the sign of cancer. It's the sign that rules our roots and home and family experiences. You have cancer, that sign, on your 11th house, the house of friendship. So more than most people, more than many people, your friends are your family. Your family are yeah. your friends. Okay? Yeah. And so, and, and as long as you say, like, I'm, I'm, I'm giving what I can to this person in, 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 in lieu of whatever. Uh, and so there is a rec- reciprocity of caring for one another in the ways that we can, they're offering me shelter. I'm offering them what I can offer. And that's, and of course, we also know when we may feel constrained or are not well about ourselves that we're depending upon another or asking another for their help. And we may feel that I feel negative about that. But we should also turn that around many times, if not always, and realize I am here as an opportunity for someone else to extend their heart and their love to someone in need. 
And without that being done, they would not be developing as they ought to spiritually. So you could not that you should put yourself always in, into someone's situation to make them have to give to you. But we need people who are givers and we need people who are receivers. <laughs> and we take turns with that. And this is your turn to be receiving this kind of consideration from someone who cares for you. And you're returning to them what you can to keep that circle of life going. Bill, yesterday I went through a very traumatic scene. Actually, the day before yesterday, uh, very mm-hmm. traumatic. And uh, um, is there something showing on my chart that I was going to have a big precipice, a pitfall this big? Because it was public humiliation, and it was really, you know, I held myself in dignity, but uh, it was an indignant situation. I'm, I'm, you know, it was bad. Does it look okay. like in my chart that I was going to have a crisis here? Well, let's just see what was going on. I mean, um, in looking at the, let me look at all the planetary conditions here. Um, I'm, I'm seeing something that might be, but I want to make sure by looking at your chart. And I just went out of that window. So let's see, Mars yesterday. Um, Mars, Mars began moving to the sign of Aries just in the last couple of days. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and again, as, as these alignments occur, they'll, they'll knock into various things. So Mars went into Aries. That was on the, the last day of the year, on, on December 31st, um, and, and, and then began marching along, and, and we would look and say, okay, where does that plant? And again, you have to remember always, uh, you've got Mars rising, but more than that, Mars no, is the ancient and... Ex- no, Bill, oh, no. I have Leo uh, rising. No, no, I you have, have Leo Mar- rising. Mars but Mars. No, no, you have, you have Mars rising in your first house in Virgo. Oh, okay. That's what I meant. Okay. So you have Leo, you have Leo's a rising sign, but Mars is your rising planet, and Mars is the planet that rules in ancient astrology, Scorpio. So you always want to see what Mars is doing to get a, a stronger read on what I might be coming in contact with, you know, and it's not good or bad, it just is, uh, in terms of what I'm supposed to be dealing with here. But because you have your Venus in early Capricorn, that meant what happened yesterday literally was the planet Mars um, going over squaring, say, your, your, your Venus. Um, yeah, and so that, it was day that before is a, that yesterday. Is a, yeah, it, day it would be, it, you'd be feeling it. It'd be Thursday, Friday. You'd be feeling this energy, right? Um, right. And that that would be rather painful in in regard to um, Mars is in Aries is rather um, quick and sometimes thoughtless or not thoughtful if not careful. And your Venus is in Capricorn, which means you you are a Scorpio but you want to be a Capricorn. <laughs> and so you are someone who upholds and we want to stand by lasting values, traditional values. Yes. You're someone who's a traditionalist and, and someone that, yes. that things have been figured out long ago and these are the values we should stay with and stick with in our life. And so something would have happened that would have upset you, Mars squaring your Venus, about how people are or are not showing respect to one another. Because Capricorn's the the principle of the hierarchy of life. We're all in this hierarchy. We're reporting to people above us. We're taking care of those coming along behind us. We're all helping each other, holding onto our hands, reaching up and reaching back. Um, But sometimes uh, we may find ourselves uh, being being judged or or attacked uh, and feel this lack of respect uh, that that is unfounded, most likely, but it's what we're really experiencing. And I have it reminds. Yeah. Yeah. So what I have to do is remind myself. More. You know what? What you have to remind myself. What do I really believe in? What is really my truth? And what do I really stand for? And honor and hold to that, and don't let that go when encountering this kind of uh, a challenge in my life. So probably what that was. Um, Again, Bill, I, I, would I be think you're careful. great, would, and I don't want to take. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. The, he, I'll heed the I, warning, I but say, I want to say thank just, you. Just, you know, just want to say, still stay careful here, because um, 
on the 6th into the 7th, so tomorrow but more on into Monday, uh, Mars continues moving along, and now it will line up with the planet Uranus because you're born with that Venus-Uranus opposition. So it just says be careful, dial it back, don't get worked up, don't overreact, avoid tense, nervous situations, uh, back away from that because that's also an energy that's quite um, painful for one's experience of one's truth or individuality, okay? Um, so when confronted, sometimes we should stand up, but sometimes we should just remove our situation, the Eastern approach. When someone throws a punch, get out of the way. <laughs> uh, okay. It's a better approach than landing one's own punch and just causing a lot of you know, difficulty for both. Um, I would say play it very quiet uh, for the next day or two, okay? Okay. Thank you so much. I, I hope one day I can get a real, you know, lengthy, you know, talk with sure. you. And I appreciate what you're doing. I've been looking for weeks. When is he coming back on? Oh, well, I know, I, I know. I was so busy. With, I've, been so, I've, I've been so busy. Uh, that's my problem, that fitting in the radio show between all the readings and, of course, there's family stuff and the holidays. Uh, I, 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 I need to schedule more of these radio shows, but I, I'm doing the best I can. I will do better. <laughs> but but I, I hope to get another Happy one done in another couple of weeks. I, I, I should have another show in a two-week time is what I'm planning on, okay? Okay. If I don't speak to you before February, mid-February, happy birthday. Okay. Thank you, you know, so much, Deanna. Year. Okay. Okay. Thank you okay. very much. And, uh, and Happy New Year to everyone, including Jerry, really. He's a super okay. guy. Uh, Okay, great, great, thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye, <laughs> Bye. thank you. Sure. Hello, this is Bill. Yeah. Sorry, you've been waiting yeah. so long. Hi. Yeah, hi. What's that? Been here. You're breaking up. I can't quite get who you are. Oh, Happy New Year. Oh, Happy New Year. Good, that's good, that's clear. It's Stacy. <laughs> Stacy, hi Stacy. I, I take from that My you mean, you've called before. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, like uh, Jay was talking. Eighteen was that year. I guess work-wise, I feel like you know, interview and nothing. And I just hopefully 2019. I'm thinking, should I, you know, classes for so I can brush up on skills or something because I just feel like I try to look for work and I'm not getting any leads. I'm I'm go- getting interviews, but I'm not getting. Right. Okay. Um, well, there, again, you also like Jay have that Sagittarius rising, but you're a later Sagittarius than he is rising. So that planet Jupiter which coming into the first house generally would indicate a time when one would move into a period of greater one for oneself, more optimism and expansion and actually experience perhaps more expansion as a result. That's still not here yet for you. That doesn't mean that bad things are only going to happen or there won't be any growth. It just means it is not as focused on outward growth as it is on still working out and finishing up old things. Um, There is a, Jupiter does just skip into your first house briefly in February. So it's another month from now. Um, and so you might want to take that window and it's, it's actually for a few months. I, sh- I sort of should have been clear about this. It's from February to June. So from, mm-hmm. from mid February to the beginning of June, Jupiter will be in your first house, which will provide some greater measure of growth and optimism coming into your worldview and then it goes back to clean up old things and rework old things from June until October. And then it comes back in that first house to reinitialize that outward growth and expansion for you. So there is good news coming, um, but you want to grab that period of February to June to see if you can land something during that period, if you can. Um, and again, again, it's kind of interesting. You like Jay, uh, have your progress moon like he does moving through the sign of Virgo. So you both are sharing. Even if we're di- even si- if he's a different yep. zodiac sign than so me. You, uh, yeah. You, oh, sure. The, the progress moon uh, is determined by your 
day and year of birth and then it keeps moving at a regular pace and it just so happens it's just doesn't matter that you're different years and signs or whatever the progressed moon is moving in your own chart in a very measured way it's been in that sign of virgo for almost a year it's got more than a year to go and that means this is a time for healing adjustment attunement it is in fact and i didn't mention this with jay but given what you were saying Virgo is also the sign of training and apprenticeship, getting further training, honing up one's skills. And so your question about would this be a time when I might want to, you know, brush up on a skill or acquire a new skill to make myself more valuable in the workplace, in the world, in the work market, um, that certainly makes sense uh, while the moon's in Virgo because you're trying to refine and improve yourself. Um, so I would certainly encourage you to see what's available given what you're looking at in terms of possible jobs or occupations. Um, what kind of skill sets do I need to acquire or refresh to better you know, position myself for the job I want to get? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I don't know. What, yeah, to go into take different things, but you need money, and that's the problem. <laughs> Well, it, it, it is a problem. It just seems, I mean, I, I never I know, had I know people, this problem. Well, no, it, it 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 can happen to anybody at any time, unfortunately. And some people will say, "Okay, I've got a plan, and I know if I take these next few weeks or months and go to an, a class of some kind, and maybe I've got to go. I don't advocate this, but maybe I got to go into debt to do that. I got to, you know, put it on my credit cards, and you know." I know hanging out there in my future is a job that will allow me to pay off that debt very quickly. If I've got a plan that that fits that, good. If I don't have that plan, by no means should you go into debt to just have more skills and then what am I going to do with these skills? You have to have worked out first a definite kind of structure that if I do AXYZ, then I know I have this marketable skill and it's a booming market, whether like in the health industry or in tech industries or whatever industries I feel are booming and growing, I'm going to place myself in a better position there. Um, so that's something to consider. Again, I would, I would never want to spend my savings. I would never want to go into debt. But if there's nothing else happening and you have a vision of where you want to go and see a means to get there, it's then a viable investment in yourself. You're not spending it on having a, a luxury item or something that's going to wear out. You're, you're investing in you, and that's going to bring back returns year after year. So think about that as a possibility um, in terms of what it is I need training or tooling up in. Okay? Yeah, I'm, I guess basically... Since I haven't been working, I would say it's computers and, you know, QuickBooks, that kind of thing. And also um, some medical, they want you to know certain things that um, I didn't have on the job, which I did when they trained years ago and like certain codes and stuff like a coding. Yeah, I I, I, I know someone who did, did that. She had a day job, but she said, I don't want to stay in this day job. I'm going to go learn how to be a medical coder. And she got hired instantly. You know, like there, there was a desperate need for them. <laughs> so, Oh, I know. So that's just one that my friend, I know just that when my friend, she lives out of state and she took um, medical coding where she's at. Mm-hmm. And guess what? The only job she was getting was 11 bucks an hour because they said she doesn't have experience. She just learned it. You know, so well, now she's at yeah, a job yeah. for 11 bucks an hour, and that's my fear. I don't want that same thing happening because, well, yeah, you know. yeah well, again, yeah, again, well, all you can do is look at your skill sets, what you're best suited to, what you would want to do, and then make your best choice, whether it's, you know, office skills like in QuickBooks and whatever, or technical skills like in coding for medical, and take your best shot. You know, um, if you know you're not getting a job because you don't have the skills, that's that's the barrier you've got to overcome. Okay. Oh yeah, like my mom, yeah. she used to teach dancing, and then, um, you know, what she did for a living, she does what you do. Okay. Yeah. Good. She's a she's a psychic, and 
all of that. And that's what she was doing for years, but she's not doing anything anymore because, I mean, kind of with this, what's going on with me, she doesn't even want to, you know, she's just rarely upset, too upset to think, <laughs> think, and, you know, she's just like, I guess she, she, you know, once she's happier, if I'm happier working, then she'll be able to read again. You know, that's how okay. it is because she never saw yeah. like how many years I'm working, which was continuous to being out of work for how many years you understand. Right. It just put the strain. Yeah. Oh, sure. No, no. It, it I, I'm afraid to say like, my, my daughter my, out of work. Well, so Stacey, my hour is up. I've got to end the show, unfortunately. <laughs> so um, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but we've been cut off. I'm not on the air. I don't think anymore. Um, so I, I have to, I have to stop for today. But I, but do think about what we said, right? What I said, and uh, consider your options, um, and and try to find the right application or the program but you to get said into. It would be, yeah. I mean, you said it's going to be February to June. Well, that, that's when you have Jupiter in your first house, and that would provide you with your first window of growth and expansion. Then it swings back there in the fall once again. So either you hook into it now, or maybe you hook into it in the fall. So I would that look around would right now. Maybe, yeah, that would mean that I would have something now, and in the fall even get something better. That means I have... Well, that, you, you, you could see you go for training and have to get mm-hmm. yourself ready and then you can launch yourself more fully in the fall. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. I would okay. want to have an income soon. But the thing is, when I went to the employer and he asked me to rate some of my skill sets, I didn't want to say a 10, which some people would do, like his last employee did that, and he, they found out he didn't have those skill sets. So I basically set a 7. I mean, what would you have said if you had some basic in – what he wanted, but not the full thing. What would you have said? You know, it's hard for me to to rate a measure a skill set based upon what's this person expecting as a skill set. So I, I I wouldn't want to be putting a number on myself, unfortunately. <laughs> no, Luckily, but I'm I don't saying would you have exaggerated it better than you were? I, <laughs> I, I I I don't. I would certainly. People would want to promote themselves in a way that is looks more favorable and they figure I can catch up or I'm going to meet that demand. I don't know what their expectation is. I think I'm good at what I do. I'll rate myself an eight or a nine, you know, with room for improvement. No, but I I'm know. Right I thought there. I didn't. Yeah, I guess maybe I messed up. <laughs> well, then maybe, maybe not. Maybe it just wasn't the right job and you weren't feeling confident. So you just didn't feel like overshooting, overpromising. But again, you know, it's hard to say. I would just take it as a one-off thing and next time, Think about it. Yeah, okay, I, I, said I, le- I, I basically said I learned real quickly, but I have skills in this. I've been doing this and this. I was promoting other skills and said I'd use that um, on one of my last jobs, which I did. But it was the job I was at quite uh, <laughs> five years ago. But it was ba- basically, you know, I was basically told that I use that um, Excel. You know, if I, I haven't been using that because I've been using other programs. You know, it's Microsoft Excel, sure. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 hmm. yeah, no. Well, I want oh, to wish you the you very for, best. Oh, thank and, you and, so much. And, wow. Oh, okay, and, and I, Hannah, I hope it all turns out well, and we'll see what happens in February, okay? Oh, thank you. Happy birthday in February. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're an Aquarius, right? Aquarius. I'm an Aquarius. My yep. mom's an Aquarius. They're the, the, one yep. of the most intellectual. They're most intellectual on the zodiac, we, we, and they have to, we, happen to be psychic. Well, we are. We're we're intuitive and scientific together. <laughs> so it's good. Yeah, and you All know right, what else you me. are, which you don't even realize? Music, like huh? artsy, talented in music. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I, Aquarius. That's Mozart. But of course. Sagittarians have Beethoven. So, you know, every sign has exemplars in all different fields. Uh, and every sign feels it's special for a different reason than they should. Because I like to say every sign is working in all of us. We can't claim, <laughs> lay claim to one thing. Okay, so mm-hmm. we should celebrate them all. Like for okay? a, a Aquari- yeah, but Aquarius and Gemini, a Gemini would be your best friend forever. I have some Geminis that I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
those would make your very yeah. best friends. And usually Leos are good with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I know. You know, but you I have do. a Gemini friend. They're your friend for life. I mean, um, Leos, I would say, is a second thing. But, um, you know, but mm-hmm. you may be attracted to Sagittarius. <laughs> Aquarius uh, is yes, I am. a very no, no, attractive. I, I, I know. I, I am. Believe me. <laughs> I know a lot. Got, folks I, me. Yeah. yeah, but I've got to go. I've got to go, Stacy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So what I said is right, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's yes, it's right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Ah, uh, thank okay. you, well, thank ha- you so much, Bill. God bless. Okay. Okay. Aaron, Happy please. New Year. Okay. Thank you. Thank okay. Bye bye. Hello, caller. Hi. Are you still there? Hi, it's Bill. Yeah. I'm sorry I Hi. didn't get to you. And um, I just wanted to apologize, and hopefully I'll be back on in two weeks or so. And if you want to call back then, I'll uh, I'll take your call. I'll make a note of your number here and make sure it's one of the ones I pick up with first as opposed to last like this. Is that okay? Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I've got to get to work. I've got other work to do today. But I'm, I'm making a note of your number, um, and I'll put it in my, my calendar for that's a number to look for. Uh, and I said, I'm going to be doing a session, another a radio show, and I've got it on my calendar. I haven't broadcast it yet, but I'm going to do it on Saturday the 19th at the same time at 2 o'clock. So if you're free then, just call me, and I'll put you at the head of the queue, okay? Okay, yes, thank you. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay, Hi. and who, who, what's thank your you. name? Just so I have a name to go with this. Hi. What's your name? Tanika. Tanika. Ten, what, what's it? Tanika. Tanika. Okay, Tanika, I'll yeah. put you at the front of the line next time, okay? All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.